1: recorded live.
2: Welcome, welcome everyone to our Monday night Bible study on TalkShoe. Glad you folks made it there in the chat room. I'm uh, glad that uh, for most folks, the downloading is back online to where anybody can go to the archives and download them. I, However it happened, I appreciate it very much to whoever uh, took care of that problem. Now Brother Kevin's having trouble, and maybe the, the shoe has um, changed feet as they say. Anyway, I don't know. I'm just glad. I hope he doesn't have the problems anymore. He uploaded a a lot of the programs to the YouTube channel today, and uh, he's have had problems all day long dealing with browsers. But uh, anyway, I'm going to do something a little bit different to start the program. Um, I don't know how many of you people, I know some of you do, remember Brother Richard Coons. Uh, I'm I'm thinking that brother I do not know for sure I haven't heard from brother Richard but I'm th- he I know that he had his heart set on going to the Ukraine as a missionary and I'm hoping that that's where he's at but did this this song the next song I'm gonna play three songs for our brothers and sisters overseas all right the first one is going to be for our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in the Ukraine. All right? So, this is for all the brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. And Brother Richard, if you're over there, I know you download the program, brother, whether you talk to me or not, because I know how much you love the book. Anyway, this is for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters in the Lord. Ukrainian brothers and sisters in Christ. This next anthem is for the rest of our brothers and sisters in Christ in Russia. And I hope you enjoy this one. This is one of my favorite anthems, period. Um this it's just I, I just for some reason it gives me goosebumps every time I hear it. Anyway, this is for our other Russian brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> That's enough of the music, that's enough of the music for right now. Anyway, we're going to be finishing up on talking about the Apostle Paul and his ministry, the importance of it, but before we even get started into that, I'm going to make another addendum on to what I taught the other night. I told you guys I would will, I will do this alone. I would go referring back to um, what I taught about Ezekiel and Hebrews. And how I finally wound that thing up about two different places, two different bunches, just like it is today, no different, no different than it was in the Old Testament. It's not no big stretch of the imagination. Though the blood of Christ does all the work now, that is the that is the only difference, the kinsman redeemer for the elect. So uh, in Matthew chapter 12, this is going to stick out like a sore thumb if you stop and think about it, folks. You know you know how many resurrections there are, right? Right. You do know that, that there's two, right? Not just a general resurrection like a lot of people try to teach. The book plainly tells you there's two resurrections. Remember last night I started to stop Brother Jason when he was going through um, talking about all that them the uh, Sadducees giving that ludicrous illustration of the woman that got wore out with seven men, and I speak reverently, of course, and uh, how ludicrous it was. And Christ told him, No, no. In the resurrection, there no, will be the will be like the angels in heaven. There will be no marrying, no giving in marriage. How in the world do you think? Well, just go ahead and read it, brother David, and then I'll comment on it.
0: Okay, that's starting in Mark chapter 12 and around verse 22. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. And the seven had her and left her no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. And in the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For... The seven header to wife, and Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God, for when they shall rise from the dead, they shall neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven okay and as
2: that, that's good enough for anybody that's listening to what you just read. The angels in heaven neither marry nor given in marriage, okay? Like I said the other night, 33-year-old male bodies. That's what we get at the change body deal, all right? There's no marriage at the resurrection. Well, how in the world is the increase of his government going to have no end unless there's somebody that has flesh and blood bodies, that can produce children. And we went over that in Ezekiel. You see what I mean, jelly bean? They come up at the second resurrection, just like I taught you the other night. There can be no other answer. There can be no other reconciliation or either just throw the word of God out. It's lying. Don't mean what it says. See, that's that's another little bitty point. I'll give you another one. You say, well, they're going to heaven when they die now. No, they're not. No, they're not. Not the ones that are not the and under the blood of Christ are not. They're going right where their forefathers went. It got emptied when the blood of Christ was shed. And it's going. they're going and filling the sucker right back up all over again. It's not empty space anymore. Captivities being started all over again. Don't believe it. Go read the book of Revelation. Alright? Remember I told you there had to be somebody that was a type of somebody that died and rose again in a flesh and blood body. You got all kind of types. Lazarus. The widow named Son. Eutychus. Darkus. I could go on and on. They're a type of the people that come up at the second resurrection, some of them, all right? We'll get into this in a lot deeper way, folks, whenever we get into the book of Revelation, because you're talking about a book. That's a book. You ever wondered why it tells you that the tree of life is in in the first part of the book of Revelation tells you it's in, in paradise, in the midst of paradise of God? You know why you ever wonder why paradise is only mentioned three times in the Word of God? Huh? Do you ever wonder that? You ever check it out to see? You ever and when you do, any of you studyers, the ones that it means anything to, be sure and look at all the Greek meanings for it, alright? Because in Revelation twenty two, the tree of life is in the midst of the New Jerusalem in the city of God that comes down from God out of heaven. But in the first part of the book of Revelation, it's in the midst of the paradise of God. You wanted a vision, you have to go to the Greek and make the right choice, like all translations have to do. You have to translate it in the context in which it appears.
3: Ah, ah, ah. All the Greekers,
2: they don't want you to understand that fact, do they? That's why I explained to you the context always determines what the word will be. All right? You cannot strictly go with one meaning or the other. The context will determine the meaning. And then it winds up with the human heart. You see what I mean, Jelly Bean? It's a matter of choice. And if the heart's wrong, the choice will be wrong. And if somebody's under the control of somebody else other than the Lord, their choice will be wrong. See, it's a lot deeper than a strong concordance, folks. See, but you've got to think like that. You got It's got to be the way you approach the book. Turn to turn to Psalms chapter 12, Brother David. Y'all hear me always spelling out this W R D S words, words, words. Y'all always hear me screaming about that. Well, let's go back to the favorite Old Testament, see what David had to say about it, okay? Okay. Starting First, at, you're down around verse 8, or I think it's 9 and 10, or 8 and 9, where it says, the words of the Lord...
0: Okay,
2: there's eight verses. The words of the Lord, uh, verse
0: 6. Read it, Paul. Psalm 12, verse 6. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times.
2: That's Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Just a minute now. Did you hear what he just said? You see, there's a a whole theological humdinger right there in the first, between the comma and the start of the sentence. Okay? Purified seven times. All right. Oh, that that that'll go. That you you could spend the next six months studying that and still not have all the answers. Now watch what he says next. Thou
0: shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever.
2: Now
3: did he lie or did he tell the truth? You be the judge. You be the judge. I was talking to a brother today that's dealing with one of these Greekers
2: and um, bringing up some certain facts about some words in, in the Word of God that um, sometimes it means this, sometimes it don't. The context is always going to dictate that, okay? And I know, they, listen, I have said and debated Church of Christ Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, for hours and hours and hours and hours, folks. And guess what? Guess how many of them folks that I converted over to the to the to the right way, to the way I think. Guess how many? Zero. It's a waste of time. They've got their mind made up. They think they're right, and it'll take the Spirit of God to do the changing. Ho hum. Have a nice day,
3: Kitty. That's what I tell them. Don't get hit in the street. Especially no-devil fabric softener.
4: <laughs> I
2: know some of y'all don't know who in the world I'm talking about now, but somebody does. Uh, no-devil fabric softener. Yes, sir. Anyway. That's why I'm always saying this because the promise is in the book, folks. It I didn't make it up. Go run to Septuagint and see what it says. <laughs> ah yes. Oh well. Now you either lied or he didn't. All right. I've told you folks from the very beginning that the context. I s let get me again. The context of the King James Bible, contains the preserved words of God. That's what I taught from the very beginning. I said the context contains the pure words, preserved words of God, protected down through time to bring them
3: to every swinging soul under the sound of my voice. Grand Grandmama McCary didn't know Greek, okay, and she
2: didn't know Hebrew, but she could speak broken English. I wonder who got the biggest. I wonder who when the when the rewards come out at the judgment seat of Christ, who's going to get the biggest rewards? Grandmama uh Grandmama O'Carry O'Reilly, you put the name in there. That didn't have a third grade education, but taught herself how to read. But she obeyed what she read and believed every word of it. I wonder when the when the when the, the one arm bandit, and I speak reverently, Lord, comes down at the judgment seat of Christ. I wonder who's going to get the greatest rewards—her or Spirio Zodiades or Doctor A. T. Robinson? And Doctor A. T. Robinson could quote the New Testament in Greek, okay? Never led a soul to Christ a day in his life. Barely could find John 3.16 in an English Bible. Couldn't tell you even what it meant hardly. But he could quote a Greek New Testament. One of the greatest Greek scholars of our time. Folks, I wouldn't mess with them. I would just tell them what the Lord's done for me and show them and walk away from them. But hey, if that's your calling, that's fine. That's fine. If that's what the Lord's calling, calling some folks to do, that's that's great.
3: That's great. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
2: Anyway, that's another little nugget I wanted to throw in there about this um, teaching on Ezekiel and Hebrews about the Bible. I mean, those, those guys don't reproduce, folks, and to have a, a, a government that'll have no end and, uh, the, hey, the universe was given to um, Abraham, not just the earth, the circle of the earth, the whole universe. We read that the other night. We went over that the other night, didn't we, Brother David? Yes, we did. And those folks got to have a place to go. The ones that are going to have kids, and we know that they're going to have kids. We done been in the wind and studied it. That's why nobody else touched that subject, folks.
3: They don't have a clue. Because their revelation is going to be cut off immediately once they run to the Hebrew
2: and run to the Greek. When they see 20 different meanings in the Hebrew, and in the Greek they see seven different meanings, then it's going to wind up to be the heart that makes
3: the right choice. And that's what it's all about anyway, folks. And it's about Fruit. Where's your fruit from the NIV? Where's
2: your fruit from all this junk? Oh, and, and and somebody gonna spend five hours over one word the apostle Paul didn't know it, but when he said there was no profit in doting about words, he 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 was talking about at his particular time. But guess what? It carries right down through the ages. He had he didn't have a clue, but the Lord did. See, because the Lord's
3: the author of it all. Once that mindset ever sets in, and once you—if that's the way the book's approached—you will
2: never have any more problem as far as the Lord showing you things. Never, ever. Don't let don't let people get you steered off off the course, folks, with their quote-unquote <laughs> Greek knowledge and their oh, their Hebrew scholarship. You got all you need. You got all you need. If you got a concordance and you got a English Bible, you got all you need. How do I know? I got all the history to back it up. I got the fruits to back it up. Everything I've taught y'all come out of an English Bible. Okay. Anyway. Now we will get into the apostle Paul after Brother David. Um brother, if you would open us in a word of prayer.
0: Okay, I certainly will. Lord Jesus, we come to you this evening and we thank you, Lord, for this time together to study your word in the Holy Ghost with expectations. We come before you and before the word knowing that you will not disappoint, that you will share your word with us, that you will broaden our hearts, broaden our perspective underline and re-etch the word into our lives into our hearts in a new way and give us divine revelation of mysteries and of the deeper meanings and of the simple meanings of your word so that we can employ it to change our lives and the lives of our families and friends and be able to share when you call upon us and lord we pray for every person that downloads and we thank you that the talk shoe archives are fixed father and lord jesus christ so that you can use them to your glory in the manner to which you want them to be used we pray for our enemies to be quieted for our enemies to be down in a quagmire where they can't get out and that where they're just held useless and unable to amount attack against us by the power of the holy ghost and the angels of god so be it.
2: Amen. Amen. Well, uh, brother, while I'm talking, you can uh, turn to back to First Peter chapter, Second Peter chapter three, verse fifteen that you read the other night. We're going to dissect okay. that just a little bit. Yeah, the Apostle Paul. We went. Well, I'm not I'm, tonight. I'm just going to have fun, folks. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm. I'm not going to try to run you through five million verses of scripture and be on here for three hours. We're just. I'm just going to. I'm going to talk purely offhand. About the Apostle Paul and the things that that he brought to our that that's been that is instituted and inculcated and has been for two thousand years, folks. All right, into the body of Christ. Oh, just using that word right there ought to um make you stop to think. That's one of the great mysteries. So the seven great mysteries, and that's who they were given to is the Apostle Paul. And I and what what I could do is I could go through all these things Apostle Paul taught and then, and show you that they were backed up not only by Peter because Paul taught Peter and we I showed you that the other night in the book of Acts in Acts chapter fifteen now brother even brother James got a little bit he didn't get as much as Peter I guess because hey, uh, Paul didn't reprimand James like he did Peter you know Paul had to reprimand Peter real hard like. Because the old fisherman was acting hypocritical, see. See, folks, there's all kind of comedy in this book, if you'll let it be alive, all right? It's not just black words on a white piece of paper, see. that's that. that if I could ever instill anything into you folks' minds and hearts, with just my, the way I teach, with, with this book, with, that the Spirit of God would make this book come alive to you, all right? There, there, There's all kind of stuff in this book. It controls the universe. It controls the world whether the world likes it or not. Everything the world's going to do is in the book. <laughs> God requires that which is past. There's nothing new under the sun. There's not a quote-unquote religious document in this world that holds this book of ours a minute candle. There he is on that old hobby horse again talking about that Bible. You better believe it because I owe my salvation to what can't this word being preached out of this book. I owe my 42 years as a Christian and what I've learned and my ability to try to in my weak feeble way impart that unto you. I owe it to this book. So why shouldn't I offend? It's like my mother. If she was alive and somebody talked bad about her, I'd slap them upside the face, you see. This book's like my mother to me. It's like my daddy to me. It's like Jesus Christ, you know. He is
3: the Word of God. Big W. And beginning was the Word
2: So you can hobby horse all you want to. Just cause it doesn't mean that to you, doesn't mean it doesn't it doesn't mean that to me because it does. Read verse fifteen, brother. What um Second our Peter. Fisher Fisherman brother had to say about the apostle Paul. Y'all watch this close.
0: Second Peter three fifteen. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures, unto their own destruction.
2: You know what, folks, that one verse right there, anybody with an honest heart that read that verse, they ought to stop and think, whoa, wait just a minute now. This is Peter talking. This is the one, this is the rock, this is the rock. The great Peter, Pope Peter, (laughs) according to the Catholics. (laughs) If he said Paul had wisdom that was only imparted to him, it might do me well to go learn every single one of those letters he wrote as best as my human mind and the Spirit of God will do
3: so I don't rest the Scriptures to my own destruction. Do you see how much power one verse has in it that you didn't stop to think about?
2: And you wonder why I tell you. You hear some screwy doctrine out there. If you can't find a foundation for it in the Pauline epistles, you better stick it up on the side somewhere as being suspect. All right? I could go one by one through the quote unquote prominent people and go through some of their doctrine and show you. where it's no, it, you
3: couldn't find it with a flashlight in the epistles. Okay. As a matter of fact, there's one of them, and I ain't gonna call no names.
2: You got you got a plain command to watch out. Though an angel from heaven come bringing any other any other gospel unto you, let him be accursed. But yet this. Soul, I will be I'll be charitable. This soul, oh, ain't you come talk to me one day and three people saying it? No, all this mess. And people just flock to that stuff. It's ear tickling folks. It's ear tickling. It sounds good. It soothes the flesh. We like to be petted and papered. We don't like for somebody to tell us we're wicked as hell and we're sinners. We need to get our life right and get rid of some of the crap that drags us down in our spiritual walk.
3: We don't like for somebody to kick us out of our easy chair and let our butt hit the ground on a stack of rocks.
2: We don't like that because that's the flesh, see? It don't like to be
3: told it's wrong. The wisdom given unto him, as he wrote in
2: all his epistles, which Peter said himself, hey, they're hard to be understood. If they're hard to be understood, how much extra time should you spend in them?
3: One, you reckon that you ought to spend a little extra time in them, you reckon? If it hadn't been for Paul, you wouldn't have had the seven mysteries.
2: If you hadn't been for Paul, you would still be everybody that got wiped out in Jerusalem. More than likely. I mean, well, you know, the Lord knows everything from the beginning. He does everything. He's sovereign. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. But I'm just telling you the importance of his ministry. If it hadn't been for him, those Gauls, Galatians, those Celts. All those scattered Israelites, they were Corinthians, they wouldn't have heard nothing, probably.
3: I mean, it took the destruction of Jerusalem to get Peter's butt out of Jerusalem.
2: You didn't know that, didn't you? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Lord, have mercy.
3: James wouldn't leave. He got killed there. You don't think about that kind of stuff, huh? It'd
2: give you a greater appreciation for the words that we do have that the Spirit of God saw fit to give us and preserve for us because he's the one that preserve he's the one that did to preserve him, not us, not man. The Lord did it because He promised you he would,
3: okay. How would you know about Christ dwelling in you if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul?
2: How would you know that you had an indwelling Christ in you? And how would you know that you were your the you you elect Israelites were sealed to the day of redemption if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter four. How would you know about being? selected how would you know about your position before the foundation of the world if it wasn't clearly laid out in Ephesians chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 and for that matter the first 26 verses yeah i know peter mentioned something about it in first peter
3: chapter 1 but like i told you he wouldn't talk in nothing none of that stuff in acts chapter 2 And he spent two weeks with Paul. So you can tell when Peter talks
2: about the stuff, some of the stuff that Paul does. And then even in the book of James, when he when he's shooting from his hip with a shotgun to the twelve tribes scattered abroad, he hits on a few things what Paul taught. And in his own way, he gives Paul slant on faith without works is dead, being alone. Paul said the same thing, just in different words people like to slam Paul.
3: If it wasn't for Paul, you wouldn't know the right
2: position of the law in
3: our life now under grace. If he hadn't laid it out for you in Galatians.
2: You see, the ones that don't understand it, where do they wind up? right back with the feast days and the new moons and the Sabbath days and all that stuff that Paul plainly tells you, they're for a, they're a shadow of things to come. And now let no man judge you in meat, drink, or in respect of a holy day, of the new moons or the Sabbaths, for they are a shadow of something to come. And we went back and went into Ezekiel, and we found that shadow. And we found out when it's
3: going to come, see? How would you know about those weird... I had a lady write me today on Facebook asking
2: a question about these feelings she felt on the inside. Hadn't had nobody explain it to her that it's normal for a Christian to have a divided feelings on the inside. A wicked part and a, and another part. It's like two parts on the inside. It's, it's, I call it the schizophrenic Christian life. Folks, if you ain't got this inside of you, Brother David, just turn. We will go there. Turn to Romans chapter seven. If you ain't got what inside of you, and this doesn't work inside of you, like it does, this great apostle here that went through hell for you, the elect, we read the other night, did ever all the things he suffered, he suffered for the elect's sake. <laughs> uh, see how it fits. If this ain't going on in you, there's a problem. There's a problem. Start reading it, verse fifteen, brother, and read to the end of the chapter. And I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm. I'm gonna try not to stop you.
0: Okay. Romans chapter seven verse fifteen. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then. If I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh... The law of sin.
2: See, if you didn't have that confession from this great apostle right here, you wouldn't have... You, and so nobody tells you this in Romans 7. I done heard them. All right? Because, you know, they'll try to explain it away under some asinine bunch of junk, try to change the words. Folks, Paul is explaining to you the answer to this is the spiritual circumcision of the soul and the spirit away from the flesh. The answer is in Colossians chapter 2. I've been over it mucho times. The putting off the body of the sins of the flesh of Colossians chapter. called the operation of God. You wouldn't know about spiritual circumcision. You wouldn't know how in the world could God seal somebody to the day of redemption though they continue to sin in the flesh. You wouldn't understand that. That's why people have trouble understanding it because they don't understand the rest of the doctrine that backs up what Paul says. They think he's lying when he says who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect. They'll say, oh yeah, but all that stuff, but, but and it'll be something they don't do. Every single time it'll be a heart problem. How come everybody everybody else out there can lose their salvation but them? Huh? How, how come they'll always tell you, try to take you over to Hebrews, Hebrews 6, Hebrews 8, and try to show you can lose your salvation. I mean, Hebrews 10. Try to say you can lose your salvation, but not them. They'll never tell you how you're supposed to get it back, though, see. Because that would be like sacrificing Christ over and over and over again, you see? You see what I mean? If it hadn't been for Paul, you wouldn't know that. James sure didn't talk anything about it, neither did Jude. As far as that goes, Peter just hinted on it a little
3: bit in the first few verses of the first chapter. If it hadn't been for Paul, you wouldn't have knew anything about a separation between Judah and Israel when it came to
2: doctrine in the, under the New Covenant. You wouldn't you wouldn't have a clue. You'd think there's all the same thing. I've taken you and I've shown you the division. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You wouldn't have a clue about it. You'd be like the ones that don't have a clue about it, where they wind up and how they act. And the reason for all the consternation, all the Paul bashers, all the Paul haters, and the ones that don't even claim to hate him don't know him, don't understand him, don't understand what he's saying
3: because they can't put his doctrine together. They wrest the scriptures to their own destruction. Off of those basic seven mysteries that are in, that were revealed
2: to Paul, which he tells you were kept hid from everybody else, from the foundation of the world. From those seven mysteries come these doctrines of the indwelling
3: Christ, of eternal security for the elect. Okay? The daily walk in Christ. Reckon yourself dead to sin,
2: but alive unto Christ Jesus. Present your body a living sacrifice. You wouldn't know none of that stuff if it wasn't for Paul. Peter don't tell you that. Peter just throws it out there in a basic way. All right? We went over it the other night. I brought a little bit of it to your attention. Peter does make mention of the change in one's life. But like I said, you know where he got it
3: but he didn't expound on it because he didn't even completely understand it. Nobody was taught one-on-one for three years in private tutelage but the Apostle Paul.
2: That's another thing that makes his teaching special. Not only was things revealed to him that were kept secret from the foundation of the world, from all the prophets, from everybody given to him, but he was taught one-on-one by the Lord himself. He didn't receive what he knew from man. Told you that in Galatians 1. Now they received it of man, but
3: straight from the lips of Jesus Christ. Now see, the Paul bashers know this. That's why they've got to get rid of him, folks. That's why they've got to get rid of him.
2: Anyway, they'll he's an old Jew. Really? <laughs> I wonder why Paul loved him so much. Yeah, uh, P- uh, why Peter thought so much of him hmm? that he'd let him bad mouth him, say, you, hey, "You better get your act right, Peter. Quit being a hypocrite. Quit trying to tell these um, scattered Israelites that they gotta live by the way the Judeans live." And then whenever. And then whenever the Judeans come down from Jerusalem, you'll separate yourself from, from the scattered Israelites that are done turned pagan. And separate yourself from a hypocrite. That's the reason he jumped his case. Read Galatians. You might want to read it sometime, folks. Find
3: out what I'm telling you is true. Okay? I'm not making not a sap-sucking thing up. You would not know there was a difference between the general judgment at the second
2: resurrection and the judgment seat of Christ of the first resurrection if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul. You wouldn't have no clue. You wouldn't have a clue about the judgment for rewards and inheritance. Not one solitary clue would you have. Oh, you could, now that looking back, Looking back into Malachi, you could you could piece. Oh, that must be what Paul's. Yes, that's exactly what Paul's talking about. We're talking about a if if, there, if they gave out degrees, this sucker would have been a have all kind of PhDs out beside his name. He said it the feat of a wonderful PhD called Gamaliel. Okay. <laughs> You wouldn't have a clue about your rewards and inheritance. Contrary to anybody else in the New Testament, you would not know that what that your works, if they if they were bad, would be burned up and you'd suffer loss. But you yourself would be saved because you
3: were sealed to the day of redemption. You wouldn't know that if it wasn't for Paul. And some of them still don't know it
2: because they won't spend time to learn those things. Learn that wisdom given unto him. And it does take time, folks. And it does take time. And you just can't do it in the epistles, so you have to use the rest of the Word of God. Paul's the one that tells you that. It's only Paul that tells you to use all the Scriptures. All Scriptures given by inspiration of God. It's only Paul that tells you that. All Scripture is, in, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, profitable for doctrine, correction, and instruction in
3: righteousness. Only Paul tells you that. Paul's the only one that gives you some words and red letters that the Lord spoke that not a sing you
2: won't find anywhere else in the Word of God. and That's in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. That the Lord told him when he taught him personally, it better do, it's better to it's more blessed it is he that gives than one that receives. You'll not find it anywhere else. You find it with the Apostle Paul. It's only through the Apostle Paul you realize spirit baptism. In contrary to water baptism. If it hadn't been for the Apostle Paul teaching us that by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. We'd be back in Acts chapter 2 thinking that water baptism saved us. But Peter finally got it right and told you it was a figure in First Peter chapter 3. Could Paul straighten him out? You
3: wouldn't know anything about individual salvation if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul. I can it, it's you you could go on and on
2: and on and on. You would know nothing about the changed body. That mystery of the changed body. We which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. You wouldn't know that.
3: You wouldn't even know when it's gonna take place if it wasn't for Paul. I, I, Maybe I'm,
2: I'm. If if, any, if you've got any, if you think I'm lying to you, slap it down in the
3: chat room and let me hear it. That's how important it is that he wrote 13 books. He was the 13th
2: apostle. You ever wondered why he really the 12th, but we, we'll call him the 13th since he wrote 13 books. You ever, wonder why, you ever wonder why you only hear about Matthias one time? Because Peter's the one that decided to get him, and they shot craps to find out which one it would be. You don't hear another thing about Matthias. <laughs> don't hear nothing else about him. But right there, in the place where they choose him, and he waited on to become a deacon, that's it. That's it. That's all
3: you hear about him. How come from Acts chapter fifteen, from the time the Apostle Paul's called out, and after Acts chapter
2: fifteen, how come the rest of those twenty-eight books in the Book of Acts is about the Apostle Paul? Why aren't they about Peter's ministry or James's ministry, huh? Or Andrew's ministry?
3: Why are they about the Apostle Paul and his ministry? Starting to get a handle on why it's important. You're starting to understand now why. Since the very
2: beginning, I always I gave you the that one little cliched clue. Always bounce off this false stuff. That all this stuff that you're hearing out
3: there. Bounce it off the epistles. Okay. Do you know anybody else that, that
2: said, I have not shunned declaring to declare unto you all the counsel of God? Do you know anybody else that said that in the New Testament? Closest thing to it, the Lord told you in the book of John that the Holy Spirit would teach us all things and show us things to come. Show? Did you hear it? Show us things to come.
3: All right? But you gotta have him in you before he can show you anything. Righteous living in daily walk, crucified. That's why that's
2: another reason people don't like to talk about Paul. I mentioned it a while ago. The daily Christian walk. Paul goes into it in detail. In Romans chapter five and chapter six, and in chapter seven, like Brother David just read. He gives you a little hint of what it's like.
3: All right? And later on in Timothy, he tells you that, um, hey, we ju-
2: I mean, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he tells us that we judge ourselves daily that we're not condemned with the world. All right? And then old John throws in in 1 John 8 and 9, in 1 John 1 chapter 8, I mean, chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, about fellowship with the Lord. Our fellowship, since it's a personal thing, and I'll hit that in a second, that we confess our sins daily. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's for daily fellowship. I've taught you guys that. But it started with the Apostle Paul. You wouldn't have known it if it hadn't been Revealed unto Paul, you would not know that it would the, the love for Jesus Christ was phileo love, and how much it meant if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul. Not even John gets into that
3: in a big way like the Apostle Paul does. The Apostle Paul's example of once being a murderer
2: and wreaking havoc on. On God's people,
3: on Christians,
2: he's the only one. That's that. That's that. His love for Christ was unfathomable, Okay, and he didn't just say it; he performed it in his daily walk, and it shows up in his doctrine. Reckon you yourself dead to this world. Always talking about suffering. You wouldn't have a clue about that kind of stuff. You wouldn't know about 2 Timothy. Alright? And if we live with if we die with him, we shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall reign with him. But if we deny him, he'll deny us inheritance. But he can't deny himself. You wouldn't know that stuff if it wasn't for the apostle Paul. Peter don't talk about that. He said you got an inheritance eternal laid
3: up in glory for you in the first few verses of the chapter. He doesn't go into that. So you stay in Deuteronomy and Exodus and Numbers
2: all you want to because it's wonderful. It's fantastic and we're going to be
3: spending time in it when we get there. Because it's important,
2: Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 29 shows you the judgment on our country right now for turning our back on the basic parts of the law that are go went nowhere, nowhere. Paul just told you in the book of of uh, Timothy chapter one, exactly the use of the law today. It's law if it's used lawfully. He's the one that told you how
3: it's used lawfully. Nobody else tells you that. No, they want to argue about, they want to try
2: to get you off on some Greek word or some Hebrew word that's ambiguous with about 20 different meanings. And they want it to mean what they want it to mean so they can prove something that's contrary that you can take five other doctrines or five other words that means exactly what those doctrines are trying to teach and blow
3: it out of the saddle. Paul is the one that started out
2: with his life and being an example, and even old Peter writes a whole chapter on suffering. James picks up on it a little bit.
3: Paul's the one that told you about your attitude toward the world.
2: Then John having all the epistles and everything in front of him nailed the nail in the coffin in first John chapter three, see, or chapter two, verse fifteen and
3: sixteen. And you folks wonder why I say what I do about the Apostle Paul. And why it's so important. Every one of those questions this lady asked
2: me today, the answers, except for one, and I could have found it in the epistles, but the verse came to my mind out of the book of James, chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to the Lord, and he'll draw near to you. You got trouble loving the Lord, you're not close enough to him. <laughs> I, hey, guess what? Paul didn't say that James did <laughs> James chapter four verse eight, along with a little some more stuff. It's awful poignant, but every one of the answers this lady had a question she asked every one of them was in the epistles. Every answer she had was in the epistles how to treat the the Negroes and the Jews how how the 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 like I said the feeling on the inside that profane feeling that's the word she used, the profane feeling on the inside, and about our people
3: every answer every one of those answers were in the epistles Now, if I didn't know the epistles and I hadn't spent the time in the epistles,
2: I wouldn't have the answers for what kind of minister would I have been. I just had to give my opinion on something. What kind of preacher
3: would I be, huh? Brother David, you got anything more thing you want to say? Uh, about Paul? No, it's
0: it's very good. You have laid it out very well. It's very clear.
2: If it wasn't for it, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you just said what you, it just triggered something in my brain, brother. That's the reason iron sharpeneth iron. You would know, you would not have a clue about what Isaiah is talking about from Isaiah chapter 25 to the through the rest of the book about the righteousness of God if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul.
3: <laughs> you wouldn't have a clue. Peter don't talk about it. James don't talk about it. Why is that? Because that wasn't given to them.
2: You would not have a clue about going about and see, and that's what that's what that's the problem they run into. Going about to establish their own righteousness. They've not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Romans
3: chapter ten, verse three. And then right below it tells you how to get that righteousness.
0: They wouldn't know about the new covenant either.
3: That's exactly correct, brother. I had not got to that
2: yet, but that's exactly
0: true. You would not have the new covenant coming into effect.
2: You would not know when it came into effect if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul. You wouldn't have a clue. You wouldn't have a clue. (laughs) Most people still don't have a clue, and it's in black and white. You wouldn't realize why Paul said everything he said about law
3: and grace if it hadn't have been for the book of Hebrews. People still be going to feast days and all kind of stuff. They'd still be doing individual
2: sacrifices. They gonna get a chance. They'll get a chance again. They will, they will. We read we went over it for three hours the other night. All them Paul Bashers. They're going to get another, they'll get a shot. God promised he'd justify all the seed of Israel. That's what he says. They'll get their shot. Every day. Every day. You got it, brother. Over every, and over. every single day, over and over again. Over and over again. You see why I warned you guys so many times in the past, you don't want to be in that bunch. <laughs> I don't care how white they are. <laughs> and they are brethren of all 12 tribes, including Dan. For some of you new folks that probably haven't listened, if you get a chance, go back and listen to the last part on the seven mysteries, and we'll be you see a, a, show, a program that lasts for almost three hours, that's it. Check it out. Check it out, and then you'll know what I was talking about, one of the stuff I was talking about the first of the program. Anybody that reads the book of Hebrews and from chapter 4 on and don't understand the changing of the guard from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant has no clue about the Word of God. I don't care if they can quote the whole book of Deuteronomy and Numbers and Exodus. I don't care.
3: They don't have a clue. Don't let somebody drag you back
2: when dealing with them. Don't let them drag you back. Okay, I I heard something else today about these people that try to teach that the the Father only created us and didn't create the other races. Folks, if you was with me when I taught you Genesis 1 and 2 and the first part of 3, I got that out of the way, all right? You realize once you take that stand... That when it tells you in Colossians chapter one, that's all without exception. All right. Revelations four eleven, all without exception. John chapter one, all without exception. Hebrews chapter one, all without exception. And you remember me teaching back through the epistles. When I would say, now, listen, sometimes all all is with exception. It means not all without exception, but all with exclusion. You have to check the context to know what it is. But do you realize once you take the stand that God is a liar? you, You immediately are forming another creator in the universe. You did know that, right? Any of you people that try to say that God did not create the other races... You've made somebody else that can make something from nothing. Therefore, you are—you are—you're saying there is another God. It may do you well if you go and serve that God. All right, and instead to quit trying to claim ours, who said plainly that he made all things without exception, and without and without him was nothing made that was made. That's individuals, humanity, that's every. Go look it up in your Greek. The word's passe in the Greek. The word all in Hebrew and Greek in your Bible is used almost 3,000 times. The context will determine whether it's all without exception. Common sense, sometimes, like when Paul when Paul was talking about Trophimus, he said, "When such and such comes to you, he'll bring into your remembrance all things." Well, he didn't mean he was going to tell you how many hairs was on Sitting Bull's head at the at uh, when he was fighting against Custer. That's common sense, you see. No, no, they'll, they'll grab you in, they'll pull you into one little place they can find. Okay. And try to tell you, oh, see here, it don't mean all all the time. When the other doctors, where it does mean it all the time, shoots down what they're trying to teach you. What they're trying to, the, the point they're trying to prove, the other doctors, where it does mean all without exception, shoots what they're
3: trying to teach down. Sometimes I I, I I would love for uh, the fabric softener to come on this program. I, I, I'd like that. You wouldn't know there were three heavens if it wasn't for the Apostle
2: Paul. He would have no clue. You would not know what kind of armor to wear. You would not. You'd be still out here trying to run down every uh, seed of Satan and and cut his head off if you didn't know that our warfare turned spiritual and not carnal. If it wasn't for the Apostle Paul, you wouldn't know what kind of armor to put on. If it wasn't for the Apostle Paul, you wouldn't know to pray without ceasing. If it wasn't for the Apostle Paul, you wouldn't know that if you didn't have a phileo love for your Savior. You were in you were walking on shaky ground. First Corinthians sixteen twenty two.
3: You wouldn't know about agape love
2: if it wasn't for first Corinthians chapter thirteen. You'd just see it mentioned a few times where it says fervently love this and that, love your brethren, you know, a few, few times here. And what the Lord had to say about it. And Paul all Paul's doing. All Paul's doing is taking the Lord's words when He brings that stuff out. He's telling you what the Lord's already said, but He's driving it home, see. Because the Lord, from Matthew into Mark, and we're going—I've been telling you, I'm telling you, been telling you, and trying to bring it to your attention. He's trying to let them all know there's something new coming. Done that since the very first five chapters in the Book of Matthew. And see, so didn't it's about draft well that wasn't written folks, it don't matter now. You know, in in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, If there be tongues, they shall cease. If there be prophecy, it shall vanish away. If there be knowledge, it shall pass away. But when that which is perfect is come, Then
3: that which is in part shall be done away with. You ever wondered what that verse means? I've heard
2: it taught many different ways. When I taught it, when we went through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think I may have said that I wasn't sure. I think I told you the different ideas. About it. But the more and more I think, the more and more I think about it, I think Brother Jack, Dr. Jack Hiles was right. The completed canon. I think Dr. Jack was right. Dr. Ruckman didn't even believe that. Okay? Dr. Jack Hiles did. And what's going on out there in the body of Christ today, the way everybody's fighting and dividing over this little, over word here and a the word there, no unity whatsoever, I believe it more and more that he was probably right. You ever wonder why those martyrs, I've mentioned this before, I, folks, I talk about so much, and I, I'm going to tell you all this while I'm just having me a good time tonight. When you're hearing the reader read, like brother David or brother Jason, and they really, and you hear me because I don't do nothing on this program by chance. All right, when you hear me make a little mmm, there's something there, folks. You better take. You better write a star by that verse. You better write a star by that chapter, and go. If you're a studier and you're searching, you're seeking the the will of the Lord, and you're seeking out His book. You better make a star by that because there's something I'm just not stopping and going to spend two hours on it. When you hear me talk about something,
3: or will preach for two hours. I'm not joking. I'm just telling you, you're the ones that take notes, and I know that some of you do because I've talked. I know you do.
2: I'll talk to you. I know you're not lying. I've seen the growth in the last
3: year. But this is what you wouldn't know if it wasn't for the epistles.
2: but well, now, now after hearing just this much, and there's about ten other things. If, if if after just hearing this much, can you please, 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 brothers and sisters, I'm asking you, could you please tell me for what reason could there possibly be that somebody would not spend an inordinate amount of time in those epistles? Give me one good
3: scriptural reason. I would love to know it.
2: The Lord showed me that 39 years ago. And I believe what he said. Therefore, I took it to heart. And that's why I teach the way I teach and what I'm telling you right now. Folks, there's not a lot of folks that that believe this, all right?
3: They believe the book. They believe some of the doctrine that I teach. But they
2: don't believe it like I believe it. And that's they teach the same thing over and over and over again. It's all they can talk about. They're stuck. (laughs) Okay. Because God's cut off revelation from them. You grieve the Spirit of God, you in the world hurt, folks. You know, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed to the day of redemption, Ephesians chapter 4. You don't grieve the Spirit. The Spirit's the
3: teacher. You got to think about this stuff. You really do. But you wouldn't, you know, you
2: wouldn't know there's a third heaven. You would be like some of those other people. I think they oh There's just one heaven, and the rest is just the outer space. And and, um, and the rest, you know, they, they they don't have a clue. I was so shocked to hear this. See, that's what'll get you. That when you're a teacher. And when you when you love the book and you study the book, it just when you and you run across somebody that's supposed to know something, or ha- puts on airs like they do, and they don't even have a clue that there's three heavens. Please, I, I mean, you're talking about blown away. Then immediately you know, there, Houston, we have a problem.
3: Oh, my goodness. You would not know that there was mixed
2: audiences in car rent if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul. You would be like some people and say, oh, well, they were all Israelites because it. And I've taught you that, that they were. But there are also some people there that are not Christian. Whether they're mixed or not, I do not have a clue. But I know Paul says this. Examine yourself. And he's talking to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate? Turn to Titus chapter 1, brother, while I'm talking.
4: Okay.
3: He's talking to Corinthian church. And he tells them, all our fathers came,
2: were under the cloud, baptized Moses, Israelites. But yet he tells them to examine it. he tells somebody there, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate? See, all the anointers out there, all the ones that try to change the word capital C Christ to anointing. Everybody knows the Greek that Christ does mean anointing, see. But see, it's the context. That determines, and if the word Jesus hadn't have been there in verse in in Corinthians thirteen five, you could have went along with that anointing. That that so you could you could say well maybe so in the Greek, but see that one word Jesus shoots it down, which shows you it's personal salvation, and it shows when Paul talks about receiving Christ, receiving, that's what he's talking about then you start understanding then then all after putting it all together then you understand the difference between acts chapter 2 and acts chapter 10 and like I said we will go when we go through acts it's going to be the most profound book you probably have ever heard taught all right it's a transition book it starts out with Peter preaching a national message and winds up with Paul preaching a personal message. That's what it starts at. That's uh, that's just to give you a thumbnail from one end to the other. With all kind of stuff in between, we'll get all that stuff in between. I, 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 while Brother David's at I'm it's going to be the last two verses, brother, by the way, or last three okay. verses, so, and, and when I stop talking to you, I you to read them. Uh, just to give you an example, when he's before King Agrippa, you think this? there's no such thing as personal salvation? Oh, some of those grand poo-bahs out there, some of the Greekers, they sent me a, look like a manuscript one time, with all these verses and all this Greek to try to prove to me there was no such thing as personal salvation. ha, 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 Not only were there about a um, hundred wrong, a hundred Greek errors, but it was all a bunch of hogwash because they don't know doctrine. They don't understand the book. I throw it in the garbage can. I don't even have it today. Wouldn't keep no trash. I should have kept it. That was before I started teaching you guys. If I would, if I would have known that I'd be doing what I'm doing right now, if I'd have known it back then, I would have kept it, and I would just read it off to you and showed you and pointed out each error for you. But I don't have it with me to do that right now. But there is a place that you can. Uh, well, I'm not going to go there. Anyway, let's see what um, Paul says about these brethren over uh, in Crete. Brother, uh, in Titus chapter 1, I want, you to, I want you to read those last two verses. I posted this today on Facebook. This goes right along with examine yourselves, prove yourselves whether you be in the faith. No, you're not Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. Let's watch it. Say how important this fruit is. I, you hear me talking about it. Let's say how important this daily walk is to bear that fruit of Galatians 5 against the fruits of the flesh of the first part of Galatians that you put up against the fruits of the Spirit down there in the last part of Galatians 5. Okay, brother, read those
0: last few verses. Titus 1.14 Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men, that turn from the truth. Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate.
2: See how important those works are, folks? Old James says,
0: faith without works is dead. Being
2: alone, and it is. Practically, it is. Ain't nobody going to listen to you talk about the Lord if you haven't got any works to show for it. So why in the world would I listen to a bunch of Corinthian identities ain't got a work for nothing except
3: reprobates, dividers, Lawyers, Greekers, why in the world would I listen to you? What are they going to show me? And they ain't got nothing to do. I'm in Christ. I have His righteousness. According to them, everybody's got it. According to Paul,
2: you tell, and the Lord, you know the tree by the fruit it bears. Whether it's a vine tree or not, it makes no difference. Folks, I've said this many a time, and I've got the experience to be able to say it with authority. I know niggers that are more righteous in their works and know the book better than some of the people out there that call themselves teachers
3: Did you hear what I just said? What does that say for Adam's race? Hmm? I had a whole congregation. Of them. I know some of them is pastoring
2: churches now. Their own people that will not race mix. That know it's an abomination to God.
3: hmm Yeah, sure do. Can take you to them right now. One of them's name, Angelo Petway. other's name, Rudy Jefferson. Ain't that some nigger
2: names you ever heard of? <laughs> they could walk
3: circles, circles
2: around these people in, in Corinthian identicism. When it comes to works among their own people,
3: Knowing the book, quoting scripture, and personal righteousness. What are you gonna do with that, folks? Huh? What are you gonna do with it? Deny the Lord and say by the fruits you won't know? Huh?
2: Is that what you're gonna do? Deny the one that bought you? You gonna deny the apostle Paul? that suffered all that stuff for our our sakes, for the elect's sake? Is that what you're going to do?
3: Understand, the
2: reason I'm bringing this point up, you know where I feel. You know I'm thoroughbred
3: racist in the eyes of the world, okay? Believe in our people pure, our people
2: pure all the way to the end. I'm just telling you.
3: Why should I listen to anything these sapsuckers have got to say? Brother Wesley Swift and Brother Bertrand
2: Comprey had better spiritual sense. And I don't want to hear somebody try to pull out one thing that they said out of
3: context of what they said. I've listened to both of them stuff. They were both true born again Christians
2: too. Okay? Born again as of first Peter chapter one verse twenty three and chapter three. That born again. And born from above as well. Like you are if you're elect. If your skin ain't white, you ain't elect. You're not part of no elect. (laughs) Period. It only comes from Israel. It's not, it's nowhere is it associated with any other race. It's only associated with us. From the old all the way through to the new, folks.
3: That's why you make a separation and a division. There is, there, uh, as the old nigga preacher says, there do be a difference. You folks really need to think about this stuff that I've talked about tonight.
2: When dealing with other people about certain words or this, that, and that, what is going to bear fruit? You need to think about this. What is going to bear fruit in you? Will it please the Lord Jesus Christ? Everything you do, you need to think, would the Lord do this?
3: Does it please the Lord? Is it according to His revealed word to me? You notice the Lord, whenever He dealt with all, with
2: those Hook noses and those Israelite Pharisees and Sadducees. You knows when he dealt with them when they tried to bust him about certain things?
3: You knows how much time he spent with them? Not a whole lot. Go thou. Take it from your Savior. Take it from your Savior. Some people you just can't help. Wisdom is knowing the ones you can and the ones you can't. I want you, folks, feel free to write anything in the chat room, any question
2: you've got, shoot. This is the time to do it while I'm having myself a good time. Okay? Not while I'm in the middle of a chapter.
0: (laughs) We had one earlier um, from guest six that's not necessarily about the subject, but they asked if, um, do you guys do prayer requests? Oh, absolutely.
2: Yes, amen, hallelujah, yes, absolutely.
0: And then she goes on to say, I know one woman who is near death from cancer and another woman undergoing a dangerous transplant,
4: but do not know their names.
2: That's the Lord knows who they are. Yeah, Yes, sister, absolutely, absolutely. They will be, uh, Brother David, write that down. And as a matter of fact, while you're writing that down, Brother David, I want you to also pray for Brother Kevin's aunt also all right okay she has cancer as well yes right now it's be a good time for prayer request i thank you sister appreciate that very much absolutely i thought i made i tried to make that clear a long time ago i had not said much about it um lately probably but yes we'll take prayer requests and another thing we're going to we're going to take communion here in a few weeks so i'm just warning you folks before beforehand if you haven't got you know a cracker and some grape juice or wine, whatever you want to use, I would be getting it up because we're going to uh, take communion on air here in the next uh, week or two. All right, and brother Kevin will remind me since I'm so I'm so stinking forgetful, or brother David or brother Jason or somebody. But uh, we're going to take communion on air. But yes, sister, we'll definitely pray for those folks, and I've got it written down right now. Brother David's got that part written down. Yep, sure will. Is there any other questions?
3: Anybody got any questions? About anything I've said?
4: Nothing in the chat room at the moment.
3: Anybody need any
2: advice on how to swing the sword? Anything like that. Anything I can help you with. That's what I'm here for, folks. And you know what I mean by swinging the sword. I'm talking about the book.
0: I have a bit of a question. Uh, I don't believe in this stuff, but this is one of the Paul bashers who laid out, you know, they talked about how on the road to Damascus, Paul had the experience with Jesus Christ, and he got knocked off the horse, and and then the Lord gave, told him what he would be an apostle to the Gentiles and so forth. And then several times uh, in his ministry, he recited what went on, but it, he changed the, the wording in the events somewhat when he gave his testimony. Have you ever heard that,
2: brother? I've heard every, I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard every kind of excuse. They have looked and searched and tried to find everything they can. You know what I say to all of them? Go blow it out your nose.
0: Yeah, I went over that and it's just like it, it's just because that in the context of you're trying to say something you don't want to spend like you said two hours over it. You're That's right. you're making a point and then you you just touch this area just a, a bit, so the wording's a bit different, right?
2: Absolutely.
0: That's, yeah.
2: I brought I was talking to a brother today and I made mention of uh when John when James in Acts chapter fifteen let, let's just turn over there right now, and I'll show you where that, that quote says, it ain't in no septuagint, it ain't nowhere, and it's not a paraphrase. <laughs> let's go to Acts chapter 15 for just a second. I want so you to go where, that. I want you to drop down there where James is talking, and he quotes, um, as it is written, um, he's going to take the tabernacle of David, and, and, you know, it's an Old Testament quote is what it is. Mm-hmm. I brought it to y'all's attention before when we were in another book one time and I, I forget what book we were in when I brought it to your attention, but let's see if we can find it here. Uh, okay, uh starting verse fifteen.
0: Okay. Acts fifteen, fifteen. And to this agree the words of the prophets. The words of the
2: what wait a second. The words of the prophet, so He's quoting the words of the prophet, and then this is the kicker, as it is written. When you say, as it is written, it's written somewhere. Now read what he says.
0: After this I will return, and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. That the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles upon whom Thy name is called, saith the Lord who doeth all these things.
2: Okay, if you any of you've got a Septuagint, you got a Septuagint handy, brother, and a cross reference. I forget where the cross reference is this for this song as it is written. I I think it may be in Amos. I'm not sure, but I think this is a cross reference. This song. Cross-references to Amos, and I may be wrong. My computer may not be working right in
3: my brain. I can try here for a sec to get it. Um, Okay, and... I think it's in Amos. But then again, like I said, it may be wrong. Um, Some of you folks out there got those cross-reference Bibles. In the the margin, it ought to have a little bitty thing there that tells you exactly where this is coming from. So, which one is it exactly that we're cross-referencing
0: here? Sorry. I was trying to find the Septuagint for a sec, and then I realized that's not what you want.
2: Now, well, it, I want the Masoretic and the Septuagint to show you that it don't say no such thing in either one of them.
0: That's what I'm
2: trying to, that's what the point I'm trying to make. hmm And it's not a paraphrase because he tells you as it is written
3: that's the reason you know it's not a paraphrase Shows you how the spirit of God works for all these Greekers out here that are so they're, they're so set be damned that
2: they're going to be exactly correct, and they leave no room for the spirit of God to work. Mm-hmm. In anything else, but yeah. Anyway, Brother David can't find it right now, and and I apologize. It's off the top of my head. I cannot remember exactly which prophet it's in. But you can go look in your Septuagint or your Masoretic, and it is. It's not as it is. It's not as it is written in either one of them. So what do you do with that? There's many more. I went over other cases like this in Jude. I went over some cases like this. I think. And in some of the other scriptures I've brought that I've brought the same kind of thing to the to uh to y'all's attention about stuff. Just like how the Lord will use a half a verse and shut the and slam the door. Um slam the Bible down, like he's reading Isaiah sixty one, he reads half the verse and slams it down. He doesn't because the second half of the verse there's two thousand at least two thousand years in between fulfillment. They don't nobody out there in identicism teach that, tell you that, and that's 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 just one place. And I think I think there's twenty two other places that it's only four or five words that's being referred to, and the rest of the sentence hasn't been fulfilled yet, or ain't got nothing to do with what's being said. Peter's a good example in in in, uh, in Acts chapter two. All of Joel's not fulfilled there. But he tells, you, he tells you it is what he's talking about. And it's all, all those people do. They want to find something wrong with what God has blessed, folks. That's all they're doing. They're not getting, where is the grand revelations? Where is the wonderful fruit?
3: Where is the fabulous new doctrine that turns everybody's hearts to the Lord? There, it's not there. And if there, wouldn't, if there wasn't so much division out there and
2: so many people trying to call attention to these upstart saplings that claim to be scholars, if it wasn't so much upstart amongst our people out there, I wouldn't hammer it all the time. I, would bring, I wouldn't even bring it up. But it is, and I know some of you people
3: mess with that stuff, and that's why I do it. I wish I never had to do that. But I tell you one
2: thing: every doctrine that I've taught you out of the epistles, I don't care what Bible you use, unless they've got whole verses and half a half chapters stripped out like one pervert does. Then you, then, then it, it doesn't matter what you use; it's going to be there in any, no matter which way you look at it, what Greek you use.
3: Those seven mysteries will stand while the world's on fire. Okay? Man, I wish I could think of that. <laughs> that, that, that
2: prop, prop, where that prophecy is at. Oh, gone it.
3: Hey, Three
2: pages
0: of as it is written.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But no Huh? I got three pages uh, of as it is written, but I don't have an Amos.
2: Okay. Is it, do you say as it is written in Zechariah?
0: Um, Zechariah. Uh, nope.
2: Turn to Second yeah, Samuel. Daniel and Second Nehemiah. Second Samuel chapter twenty-two.
3: Okay, Second Samuel twenty-two. That might be it. See if you scroll down through there and see if you see anything about the Tabernacle of David. Oh, and when I my brother David's looking at that another thing, the sure mercies of
2: David, folks, do you know what the sure mercies of David are? your promise the the people under David, in other words, remember like I was telling y'all about Hosea when they're going to get one put David over them, both Judah and the house of Israel going to come into one, you know, have David over him david is is being used there as a type of Christ because Christ is out of David's lineage. I explained that to y'all last night, the sure mercies of David. our eternal security. Paul tells you that in Romans.
3: That we'd get the sure mercies of David. The elect do. The elect Israelites get the sure mercies of David. God never took
2: the Holy Spirit away from David. David was worried about it though. In Psalms 51, he says, Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He took it away from Saul, folks. But that was the old covenant. That's when the spirit went right back to be with the Lord, but the soul went to Abraham's bosom. See, it all fits like a glove, folks. It all fits like a glove. That's the reason spiritual circumcision in the New Testament and sealed by the Holy Ghost of the day of redemption is so important for you to understand. You Israel elect. It's, it's imperative that you get that down. You can take that one doctrine of spiritual circumcision, the operation of called the operation of God in Colossians two, and you can absolutely destroy anybody. I'm not, I don't mean it's in a bad way, but you can handle anybody out there that tries to tell you you can lose your salvation. There's a whole bunch you can lose, but salvation is one thing you can't. Not if you're, not if you're an Israelite. Not if you're the elect from Israel, you cannot. You cannot. God don't pick bad folks, okay? And you were chosen from the foundation of the world. Your free will comes in when it has to do with your learning process and your rewards. And I've done taking you and shown you that in Second Timothy chapter 2 so many times you're sick of hearing it. <laughs> That's where your free will part comes in but not to those that are told to overcome, and we'll get into that in Revelations. There's going, there's a change coming up, and we're going to go ahead and, and close for tonight, Nan and I've had my good little time. There's some of these I didn't go over, but I probably bored you today some of you folks lost, lost your attention span on some of this stuff, but um, we're going to go ahead and close early tonight, but... If you run across anything I've said tonight that you find scripture that you think is absolutely contradictory, but hey, I won't be mad at you.
3: I won't be mad if you bring it to my attention. If, I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. All right?
2: If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm I'm a man enough to own up to my to eat crow like brother Pete Peters said one time. <laughs> I've had to eat crow many times. We're all in a learning process, folks. I just my calling just happens to be different than yours. That's all we're all sinners, saved by grace, and we we'll, this old flesh will sin till the day it goes in the dirt, and that inward man will keep growing and growing and growing as long as he stays in the book and obeys the Lord
3: till so we become that perfect man in Christ, like Paul talks about in Philippians chapter three.
2: that perfect man in Christ Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Us in him, he's in us.
3: Great mystery. body of Christ is. One more time, I'm going to throw it out there for any questions in the chat room. And then if
2: there is no questions, we're going to cut it short for tonight. And then Friday night, Brother David, I will let you know before Friday before Friday night what the topic will be this coming Friday night, Brother, okay?
4: Okay.
2: I'll send you an email and let you know because I, right at this specific second, I have no clue. <laughs> okay. Yes. You know,
0: in the Second Samuel that you led me to, uh, chapter 22, verse 27, there's a very interesting verse. What's that? With the pure thou wilt. Show thyself pure, and with the froward, thou wilt show, shew thyself unsavory.
2: Isn't mm-hmm. that
0: interesting?
2: Yes, it is, considering what we just read in Titus chapter 1.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It sure is. You see, for, folks, when hey, I'm, I'm going to say this one more time, and I've said this before, and I'm sure it's probably slipped everybody's mind. When you're in Christ, when Christ looks at David Kennedy, when he looks at Kevin, when he looks at Steve and Julie and Pete, and Brother Brian, when he looks in the guests that that are that are that are born of the Spirit, when he looks at you and your first name, he don't see he doesn't see the old flesh of you folks. He sees Jesus Christ, his Son. He sees somebody that
3: fulfilled the law every jot and tittle. That's what he sees. Sin, the the scope of worldwide sin was
2: done away with at Calvary, S-I-N. Sins are something that is committed in this fleshly body that are judged, supposed to be judged for fellowship day by day. And one day you'll put off this sinning body and you'll have a sinless body and that'll take care of the sinner. You've got sin, sin, sins, and a sinner. And all three of them were taken care of by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you take the applications that are laid out in the Scriptures for you, and nine out of ten of those people out there that call themselves self don't have a clue where to even go to find the Scriptures, much less tell you about them. And one more thing, you would not have a clue about the promises of God. How could I forget that? And we know. Hey, you if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul's epistles, how would you know about all the promises? For our God is able. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. How would you know any of those promises there? Be careful for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ
3: Jesus. With food and raiment therewith let us be content. All those promises that Paul talks about, telling you
2: point blank what two of big wills of God are, and then showing you how to find the rest of them
3: like I mentioned last night you wouldn't even you wouldn't you wouldn't realize that to be absent from
2: the body would is to be present with the Lord for the elect you wouldn't know that you'd know a little bit about the spirit going back. But that's that's a, that's in Ecclesiastes, and that's Solomon talking, Old Testament, when he's talking about man in general. That's thing that's things done under the sun. That's the context of that whole book. Is man in general? The very last few verses let you know that. For this is what man should um, to um, keep his commandments, and you know, do good and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man under under heaven. All right knowing God will bring everything into judgment. That was Solomon's final summation on mortal man under the sun was a general resurrection. And like I said earlier, you wouldn't even have a clue about the others if it wasn't for the mysteries that were revealed to the Apostle Paul. So any of those people throw any rocks at you? Throw any, throw any junk at you folks? There's some people that can. There's some people that you can deal with, and there's some people you just have to walk on by. If if it wasn't that way, the Lord would have spent days and hours and hours and hours arguing with the scribes and the Pharisees. All right. See, Paul. Did, Paul did. He tried. He tried dealing with them. You saw what it got him. The Lord told him, "Hey, don't go to Jerusalem, Paul. <laughs> don't go to Jerusalem." Because if you go up to Jerusalem, you're going to go to jail. Dude, they won't listen. I'm paraphrasing now. Even sent a prophet, Agabus, to prophesy and tell him, the man that goes that wears this girls going to be in bonds and then some other girls that were prophetesses during this period of time in Acts. Told him, hey, you don't go. Spirit of God told him not to go. What did Paul do? He went anyway. It showed you he was flesh and blood just like men. You went against the direct will of God. And God took what was evil and turned it around for Paul's good and your good and my good. He got him to Rome. He would have sent him to Rome in a 747, but he wound up going by boat <laughs> and shipwrecking and in chains. He got there, though. All things were together for good to them that loved God to them who are the called according to his purpose. For though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day. While we look not at the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, folks, are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God bless each and every one of you that had the patience to listen to this old rambling redneck preacher today, and we'll meet back, Lord willing, Friday night and pick up a new subject, and Sunday night, Brother Jason will be with us, and we'll be in the prophetic chapter of Mark, chapter 13. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love, and thank you so much for that grace. Oh, that grace, Father. If it wasn't for that grace, we would be in a world of hurt. Thank you for that shed blood of your Son. Thank you so much for that blood, Father, that covers us from all sin. We thank you that we can always go to that never-ending flow, that we can plead that blood and confess our sins. You're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I pray you be with everyone that's in the chat room, the ones that's been there and left, the downloaders, whatever, Father. Anybody that listens to this, I pray you take your words. Use them for your honor and glory, Father. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray. For his sake and for his sake alone. Amen, amen, and amen. Good night, folks. Good night, Brother David. Good job. And we'll see you Friday night, my brother. And I will get, like, I'll get with you later on this week and let you know what we're going to do Friday night, okay?
0: Okay. I'll be there.
2: Okay, brother. Love you guys.
0: Bye.
2: Take care and see you Friday night. Lord willing. <laughs>